Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2018. My name is Amato, and with me are... Tori. And Dom. Any news, folks? That's fit to print. <laughs> Any news? Well, I think this is maybe the least exciting week that I've had, so I will just say... Um, in your life? In my entire life, I cleaned my house. Mm. That's my news. Yesterday, I actually had somebody contact me out of the blue on Facebook. They were um, a freshman when I was a senior in a drama class. Okay. And they said that they were writing a book about people they had crushes on and wanted to know if they could uh, use my, like... Oh, <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> what? Seriously? Seriously. I yeah. want to read that book when it's finished. Me too. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I, Are you sure they weren't just trying to flirt with you? I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty Writing a book things, about so. people that had crushes. I've seen people... I've seen a book like that before. I forget what it was called. But it was someone going back and, like, uh, trying to reconnect with all the people they tried to have a relationship with and it all went disastrously and realizing that they were totally yeah. terrible with interacting with people for, like, their whole young life. <laughs> to be fair, most romantic relationships are pretty bad. <laughs> It's kind of yeah. lucky if you, or rather, maybe skilled. I don't know. Maybe most people are learn. terrible. Yeah, I think that's actually probably <laughs> it's one the of those most things accurate where you're trying thing. To hit a, a moving target from a moving platform. Yeah, yeah a lot yeah. of variables there. There are, and yeah, just most people don't get along with one another. That's the strange thing about humans. Mm-hmm. We all think we'll get along with everyone, but just, we're not really all meant to. We, you just can't, no. I mean, not everybody has what, what we three have, you know? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they can't really, they can't be as yeah. strongly bonded. As so mostly are. I'm just looking forward to some sort of possibly positive representation of my high school self, which would be no- novel. <laughs> novel. Well, that's because the only representation you currently have is your own, like, memory. And, and pictures. <laughs> yeah. And your memories yeah. of those pictures. Mm-hmm. We're always the hardest on ourselves. Well, speaking of high school relationships and people uh, being very socially awkward, we're going to do a Ronma One Half fan fiction today. Though, not exactly high school, we'll get to that. So, we're reading Autumn and Spring, um, which is by Angus McSpawn, like we said last time. McSpoon? McSpoon? Isn't it just one O? McSpawn? I wrote down Max Spoon, but it. Could be. Just one O. McSpawn. Okay. Hmm. Very important difference. Wow. <laughs> it's going to a change. spawn and a spoon. <laughs> it's going to change the whole way we address this fanfic. Uh, now, I'm a big fan of Angus McSpawn's fanfic Sailor Moon 4200, which is excellent. Um, but this was apparently their second big fanfic um, out of I don't know how many. So why'd you end up picking this one for us to read? Why did I pick it? Well, I remembered it being really weird, and I kind of wanted to talk to you people about it. And you're at my mercy. (laughs) Yeah, it is really weird. But it was really, uh, it was very intense. I read it almost all in one sitting. It was gripping. It's it's not bad. Um, No, it's it's quite well written. It was posted to Rec Arts Anime Creative January 1998. And apparently it won awards on Angus McSpawn's website. It says it won a first place for Best Ronmo One Half One-Shot of the Month in January 1998. And fifth place for best Ronmo one half one shot of the year, 1998. 
but I'm not sure where those awards are from. I don't think they're Tail Swapper Awards, because I didn't see them glancing at, like, the list of Tail Swapper Awards quickly. There might have been multiple people doing Ranma One Half fanfiction awards in 1998. Which oh, I believe that. It was a big yeah. deal. This sounds like a thing you, you need to get on, Amato. <laughs> yeah. Do better research. Well, Ranma One Half are deep waters, deep cursed waters of fanfiction. Oh, apparently. That's good, yeah. Um, I had no idea. I was sitting on that one, but not for very long. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the fanfic is still available at Angus McSpawn's website, which is still up because they swear that they will finish Sailor Moon 4200 one day. Um, wow. The website itself is at mcspawn.tamaneko.org fanfic. We're providing a link there at bit.ly slash rfr autumn and spring, all lowercase, all spelled out. Now, this is the first Ronmo and Half fanfic we've done on our podcast proper. We've talked about one before, but anything you want to say about Ronmo and half your history with relationship with it biases towards it before we jump into the fanfic itself I like to talk about some biases <laughs> that I may have um, my history yeah as I explained in one of our prequel podcasts that I'm not sure we'll ever see the light of I, the internet that's but, one of my favorite episodes actually well <laughs> I mean honestly that one was really funny so it, it might it might show up I might try to find a way to force that in there somewhere yeah Mostly I didn't see that much or read that much at Ranma, but, you know, I always found it, you know, a little, um, just that harem anime thing just mm -hmm. rubs me the wrong way. The, the misogyny of it. And there was the, like, the old guy and the, and, um, Ryoga, and Ryoga always trying to, like, see young girls and sleep in their beds and it, well for yoga you know, it's only one girl but that doesn't yes, improve the situation no like because she doesn't know that he's the pig and so she sleeps with him and it's all about his horniness for her which is just disgusting well it's lucky disgusting you disgusting and it's technically sexual assault a lot of things in ranma technically are uh, yes. lucky for you neither of them appear in this fanfic yes actually this <laughs> fanfiction was a lot better than Ronmo and Half. They're in both my uh, briefly referenced. Yes, they both yes. are. Um, as for me, I was I read the whole Ronma manga back in the day, especially all the stuff that the Ronma translation project produced back back when it was easier to find online scans of some manga than it was to actually find physical copies of them yes. that were officially yes. released. It was a small window and a very weird one. Um, but oh, I oh. I liked it. I like the manga a lot. The anime I don't particularly from what I've seen mm. of it, except maybe first season. And I read a lot of fanfic back in the day. Um, a few of which stick in my memory, and this was one of the few. Yeah. Uh, for me, Ranma was the, like the first series that I read all of, like mm. completely. Wow. And like would reread re it every few years and get to it. And um, when I started learning Japanese, it was one of the, the mangas I tried to uh, collect in order to... Um, read and also because i like to habitually collect things yeah so as it is i have like volumes one through four then six through 22 <laughs> 34 35 36 in japanese mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty good for reading in japanese as a language learner yeah and the 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 spacing of the panels the the artwork the flow of the yeah other artwork all See, is all really good what i was gonna say also and like is that i happen to have recently bought um like um one of the like 100 yen copies of Ranma or $1. I was at a book off either in Japan or in New York. I guess that would have been mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. 
Um, just because, yeah, I do think the art's great. Yeah. And I think the, the you know, I always like, as a cartoonist, I always love having good reference for that. And uh, I think I still have a Facebook post that was about, you know, turn to the page 72 of the book nearest you. And it was um, Ryoga, like, dragging a giant boar over, like, his shoulder and then, like, slamming it down on the table. And it just, it was really, it was really well done. It was really funny. So I will say I love the art of Ranma. Takahashi's a really charming artist. And what I really appreciate for her for a manga action artist is that her action is very clear yeah mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in a lot of manga it's like i i can't really tell what's happening a lot of that is done with the sort of genius um, panel layout design mm-hmm. that they have yeah 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 mm-hmm. i will say that like she's a very talented manga artist like there's a reason her work is so famous mm-hmm. well i there's no visual component here uh but there's a whole lot of text this fanfic because I think you'll all agree that it is bonkers, um, and a lot of it is kind of plot bonkerness. Um, I'm gonna suggest that we try kind of talking through the fanfic from cover to cover, so to speak, yeah, and kind of good. go through the plot and see what we want to um, start talking about at length along the way. Yeah, that sounds good because I'm I'm definitely gonna need to uh, talk through this a little bit. <laughs> Maybe need a little bit of therapy after this one. Explore our feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the fanfic starts with Ranma, who is, how old is he at the start of this fanfic? 85. 80, 85. 85. So it's a good, like... We both have that ready to go. <laughs> almost mm-hmm. 70 years after the series, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 60-odd? 60. Yeah, well, he says he's been married for 66 years. Yeah, but it's not so. clear they got married. Uh, I mean, well, we could, we could I mean, do the math, but... They were married when they were 19. 19. Yeah. 19. Oh, that makes sense, okay. <laughs> anyway, he's at the grave of his wife, Akane who died before the fanfic started, and he's kind of just grieving. Yeah. As a way to handle Akane for people who don't like Akane, it's actually decent. Yeah. Mostly I mean, it mm-hmm. treats Akane well. It pays a yeah. lot of respect to her. It, it, It's kind of nice because the author didn't have to, like, actually deal with exploring their relationship, but can just be like... Because she's dead. Because she's dead. <laughs> I, and, you know, he... I remember later on... He mentions that, like, oh, yeah, they were going, they went through a rough period, like, a few years into their marriage or whatever, they worked it out, and, like, you know, as a married person, I appreciate that it's like, yeah, like, you get together, and there's really tough times, and there's better times, and then some people end up together the whole time. Um, So it was a fine representation, given that it's not actually portrayed directly. Yeah, it was funny. I, yeah, I don't know how old the author was when they wrote this, but it seemed like they're very emotionally mature, had, you know, they treated... They treated marriage very responsibly. I, I know that the author is married, mm-hmm. um, based on their blog that I read at some point many years ago when I was trying to uh, trying to see whether Sailor Moon 4200 would ever be finished. And I have the feeling he might be a little bit older than your average, like, yeah. fanfic writer at the time, yeah. Yeah, it just, you know, seems like he, yeah, he knows more about relationships than a teenager would, but... Mm-hmm. So Ron was grieving at the grave. He's got some kids. We never see them on screen. But, like, <laughs> at this point, they're, like, six in their 60s themselves or whatever. Yeah. Um, they have their own they grandkids. Young, yeah. Have their own grandkids, right. Yeah. Which is, wow. Which is a little bit surprising given the... Young. Yeah, given the reproductive trends in Japan. That is slightly unusual, but, you know, that's fine. Um, and what happens from there? Um, what does happen from there? 
uh, gets picked up by the mysterious new character Pandora. Yes. Mm-hmm. He gets picked mm-hmm. up by this young woman named Pandora. Yes, it's, it's, what, this three or three days after Kane's death, I think he's been specify. sitting at the he's been sitting at the grave for some amount of time. Yeah, like a, a irresponsible amount of time. Yeah, there, there's like a point at which later on in the fic, it's stated that he it's only been a few days since she passed when that happens. So yeah, he's just he hasn't even had a chance to like cry in his grieving when this woman, this young woman Pandora, comes along, and her very first words are. Come on, Ranma-san. You don't know it yet, but it's bad for you to be here. She's saying, like, hey, you're just kind of grieving here. Like, you need to get... You need mm-hmm. a change of scene and to get your mind doing something else. Yeah. Or else I you're basically waiting here to die. like if it's only a couple days, that might be a yeah. little too soon to say that. But, you know... It's a, know. Little, it's a little forward of this yes. woman, Pandora. Oh, yes, well, especially since we're... You know, he doesn't seem to know who she is. I think it, if anybody spends... Day, literal days, at one site not moving. It's pretty safe to see it's not safe behavior. Yeah, I suppose so. I I don't know. I think when you lose someone, you you react in a lot of ways. Like it's, yeah, it's. I think it's normal behavior for someone who's grieving. It's normal behavior. It's not healthy behavior. Well, mm. I don't know. I think I have to disagree with that if only because, no, like... I mean, like, physically healthy. Not, physically, not, not okay. Not sleeping. The person sure, is yes. 85 years old. That's a really good point. No, that's actually a really good point. Like, you say he literally could die. Yeah, you don't I think know. emotionally there's a lot of ways that people deal. But sure. that's a good point. Yeah. Physically, no, not healthy. And so, it's very weird. She seems to know him. He doesn't seem to know her, but she seems a little familiar. And basically, just out of, like half curiosity, half not really wanting to go home so that his kids can, like, you know, get in on his emotional state. He goes along with her. And they take a flyer to her... Flitter. Flitter. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know they have... I spent, like, five minutes trying to look it up before I went on with the, with the reading the fanfic. Oh, I just look assumed that it was made up. I thought it was a term I, I thought I should know because they, they didn't explain oh. it. They just... Yo, no, they no just it was... It's, like it's the year 20 car. or whatever. Yeah, it's in the future. Yeah, they have flying cars. They have, like, international... <laughs> you know, range flying cars. Actually, yeah. I, I thought it was a weird derivative of, like, litter or some sort of oh. transportation, which is why I was confused. That's so funny. Oh. I just, like, immediately, is, I was like, it sounded like a Blade Runner term. Like, instantly, I somehow knew it was a flying car. Yeah, I did too. I don't I know. It was a flying I don't car. know why that was, but I, Blade Runner came into my I, head the instant I heard flitter. <laughs> you're probably right, but I didn't get a sense of it being yeah. in the future just with the settings that they'd shown See, so far. I wouldn't have, if not for our last podcast, when you all revealed <laughs> to me that Ranma does take place in the 90s and not in some sort of feudal era of Japan like I had initially assumed. Mm-hmm. So... That was the context that you both gave me to figure out this is... So now you have no idea what to expect. (laughs) Ready (laughs) for anything. Well, I was like, okay, it's the future. I get it now. If I had labored under the assumption that Rama took place in feudal Japan, I would have been very confused. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll know it's the future when we have flying cars that can cross, you know, the ocean and international lengths. And pilot themselves. And pilot themselves. Oh, yeah, they do that, too. And so Pandora's got, like, a private estate in, like, the mountains of... Um, Somewhere in China. Ve- yeah, very... It's supposed to be very, like, yeah, wilderness China first mountains. First, they don't tell Rano where they are, so they just told them the amount of time they flew. And it's like, well, with this yes. technology, it could be anywhere from 
someplace to Darwin, and, which is in Australia. Dan, like Darwin or Antarctica. Yeah. Was which is really interesting because I don't think those places are equidistant from Japan, but maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And once they're there, what happens? Mostly, uh, they find out who Pandora is. Yeah, eventually, like he kind of he kind of lives with her for what a few weeks at least. Not, no, he finds out in the first day. Then what? He, then he lives. For, for, Wait, yeah. really? That quickly? Yes. I yeah. thought. Thank you, Dom's memory. <laughs> I thought it was quickly. There's a lot of. There's a lot of talk about feelings and such, and, uh, but yeah, cutting to the chase, like, he finds out who Pandora is, right? Like, once they get comfortable with each other, he's, like, flicking cod water at her while cleaning dishes. That, that was some time mm-hmm. later after he found out who, who she was. Yeah, they stayed, he stayed a few months with Oh, her. you're right, that's a, that's a lot later. That's a different you reveal. Find out, that's a different reveal. <laughs> yes. So you find out who she is. And, and who is she? She's Ukyo. Mm-hmm. Which is a little strange because, I, I mean, when I was reading this, Ron was like, oh, something about her seems familiar. But right. Pandora has no mannerisms that remind me of Ukyo. Like, she doesn't have um, any kind of rendition of a Kansai well, accent. Well, it kept on saying have... that she looks familiar. She looks Wait, familiar. But, yeah, and okay. they revealed that apparently she looks exactly like she did when she was young. Which I well, think that is would bizarre. look pretty familiar, yeah. Exactly. Like you, That's the yeah. part I thought was bizarre. I was like, how so, does Ranma not well, that'd be, be like, you're Ukyo? Like, that, that'd be familiar, but after... What, 60, 70 years, you wouldn't think her. that person would be exactly the same in that time. Certainly. Yes. So, he, so maybe it's just the assumption. He first thought granddaughter. Yes, right, right. Yes. But when he first saw her, he didn't think Yukio's granddaughter. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I can give it a pass since it had been like 60, however many years since he saw her. And he was she, grieving she heavily that affects a lot of your memory. Yeah, and, and he hasn't seen her in that amount of time. Right. Yeah. She disappeared after That's like fair. Rama got married and like That's he hadn't seen her fair. since. Yeah. And so. You get a lot of backstory drop about what Ukyo has been up to. And the mm-hmm. reason that she appears young is that she got Jusenkyo cursed in the Spring of Drowned Girl. Jusenkyo. And <laughs> the Jusenkyo curses never age, apparently. Which, um... I mean, that's fair. Be- I guess, like, yeah. Do you think you can kind of assume that from this series? Because... It's a drowned girl, girl specifically. Not a, drowned a young woman. girl drowned in the yes. spring, however many years ago. I guess that is. I don't know. Though it is ambiguous because Ranma's girl form seems to be the same age as Ranma is in the series. Yeah. I guess Ranma must have noticed that like his form hadn't aged either, right? Yeah, like, he, he knew yes. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, she said, and she asked him, if, why don't you spend your time in your girl form since it's so much younger? He's oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just don't like doing that. Yeah, he's like, I've, I've earned my age. Oh, um, I, well, and also, you know, he's comfortable in the body that he's familiar with and is, yeah. But that's also implied him. to be the reason that he's in really good shape for his age. He says, like, mm. oh, like, I'm healthy like a, you know, 65-year-old well, or whatever. They, well, they say he's healthy he's, because he's been training yes, constantly he's since he's a martial artist. Well, that also, but Which, also any time that he's ever spent cursed hasn't counted. Oh. Right? I mean, oh. they, they don't say that directly. No, but like, no, that has no, to be no, the no. case, right? No, that's not what they say. That's not, not, that's not, that's what, they not what they imply with the whole thing with Ukyo, and um, I know we're going to get to this, but okay, to the that's second not what reveal. they imply with, yes, the, the second reveal <laughs> with Ukyo's second reveal is not what they imply. So we find out Ukyo's cursed, and she went into biotech. She, she set aside Okonomiyaki and her whole, like, you know, yeah. life so far. Um... How can you how can you turn away from that after you flipped Okonomiyaki at the side of the raging sea? I want to know. <laughs> I know, um, right? And and that's just one of the things about this characterization. Is like I get that like 
the idea is she made a break with her past life, but like there's no there's no points of connection between like past mm-hmm. Ukyo and current Ukyo except well, she's in love with Ronma. Well, the, the thing is, yes. it's like I didn't mind that because it's been six. It's been a long time. Years and who knows exactly what they were fanatically into when they were sixteen. I, it, yeah. it can't happen. That's actually a really not, good point. It's not weird to not do that. That's true. And I yeah. also think there was an implication that you know. Once she realized she would never marry Ranma, she felt like she had to change her life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that maybe the implication is that she went on with the lifestyle she was in, and a part of that was just tied to obsessing over Ranma, and she just, you know, she made a big change in her life to get past that. Yeah. And it seemed like it worked for so, a while. And so as a result, she's apparently kind of independently wealthy. Mm-hmm. And also she started going back and like exploring Jusenkyo and such. Mm-hmm. And then there's this huge whole info dump about this mystery she settled into. And this is where we get that, right? Like this mystery she's pursuing. No, wait, we don't get that until later. Not till later. She's, yeah. yeah, she says like, oh, there's something you might be able to help me with, but then she doesn't want to talk about no, it. Yeah. She doesn't talk about okay. it for quite a while. So Ronma, yeah, just stays Also this her. action in the meantime has been sort of atmospheric, just Ranma dealing with yes. the grief. And a whole lot of talking yeah. with, yes. with Ukyo. Yes. Yeah, it's... The shape of this fanfic is very strange. Not not strange, just like unusual in terms of... Uh, yeah. It, it's different more, parts of it feel very different. Yeah, it's more literary than fanfic. Mm. Yeah, it, and it's very character-driven at first and then very dramatic later on. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, it's gripping the whole time, like, because there's so much mystery that the author withholds and reveals situationally. (laughs) And so after that, I'm looking at chapter four here, time passed. Yes. And then he's staying with her for... A few months. A few months. By the beginning of the third month, Ranma found he had grown quite accustomed to life in Ukyo's home. Mm -hmm. Because it's huge and comfortable and uh, I guess he's not... So close to those grandkids that he doesn't yeah, really want to be back Yeah, he really care about his grandkids. Or, or great-grandkids or whatever. I don't even know, yeah. Yeah. I, I can buy the idea of Rama being irresponsible at whatever age. Yeah. yeah. I Certainly not like you'd be like, oh, I never want to see them again. But like, eh, whatever, I can be away just for like, a few months, it's fine. Yeah. 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 Just kind of like, fuck off into the ether. I mean, also, you know, he did just lose his wife of 66 years. And so. also he's not actively raising any children. Yeah. yeah, no. His children are apparently in their 60s, and yet still also not retired, but... And so here's here's a text sample of kind of the way this fanfic flows. Just a couple of paragraphs of what's going on in this time frame. The timeouts... Oh yeah, he goes like, kind of hiking outside of the estate. The time outside the fence, hiking up mountain trails, rock climbing, or simply tramping through the hills in peaceful solitude, gave him much needed time to come to grips with the loss of Akane. Time to reflect back on 66 years of married life. He still missed her more than he could say, but gradually he was coming to see that he could make a new life now that she was gone, that her loss did not mean the end of everything. It was a time of purging, a time of laying her memory to rest. He spoke to her as he walked, telling her what he saw, what he was doing, where he was going. He poured out his soul to his wife there in the empty hill, and if sometimes he wept, there was nobody to see. Uh, that was a nice reading, Amada. Thank you. <laughs> I thought it was good to add a little bit of flavor. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to our second big reveal. There's a series of big reveals. It's a very plotty kind of fanfic. And what's our second big reveal? People who made better notes than me? Oh, it's that, um, you know, it's something I feel like you kind of could have inferred, but mm-hmm. Rama is doing the dishes pardon, doing the dishes by hand, as he seems to prefer to do at times, to think. 
and um, is trying to splash some water playfully on Ukio. And Ukio just freaks the freaks out. Freaks out. Freaks and we haven't out. mentioned that she covers herself like a vampire pretty oh, much yes, all the time. Yes. <laughs> and Ranma seemed to have noticed that she wears this long gloves. Long gloves and strange, like latex seeming clothing or something. Never cooks. Never cooked. Yeah, it doesn't go out when it's sunny out because she's worried about falling into accidentally a warm puddle. Yes. And the reason is she doesn't want to transform back into the old version of herself. Because did we say that she was, you know, cursed by the spring? Yeah, yeah. Yes, to be young. So because of um, cursed by the spring, she was young in the cursed yes. form. Right. Yes, but if she hits hot water, she will turn back into her old self. And apparently eight years ago... She had a heart attack, and she transformed into her young self. Like, managed to reach some cold water. Yes. And so she's pretty sure her other form is in the process of having a heart attack and dying, or yes. something. Or dead, actually. Or dead, yes. Or actually dead. So she is quite concerned that if she transforms back into her original form, she will die. Now, Jusenkyo curses are explored really weirdly in the source material, and, like, there's contradictory stuff about how they work, and so everyone kind of has to make their choices. But... Surely it must have happened that someone gets, like, cut in the arm and they transform and they're still cut in the arm, right? Oh, like, that's actually an excellent point. Because I don't know. The, the premise of this fanfic is that they're two separate bodies. Yes, like, and without, one doesn't age. And then one, like, doesn't affect the other. The state of one does not affect the state of the other. Right. I, there has to be battle damage right. between the forms. I mean, I assume. But, a, but I just apparently can't not. <laughs> but I can't think of any not, specific examples. Yeah. I have to go back and check my books, I guess. But you know what? Okay. It's fair. Because like I said, Ta- Takahashi's approach towards the Jusenko curse is that they work however she wants them to at the time, basically. Yeah, yeah um, it kind of seems Which like is that. fine for a gag manga. You right. Yes. Uh, but anyway, that's the situation. So Ukyo needs to remain in her curse form all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's our second big reveal. But we've got another big reveal coming up. Yes. Uh, yeah. Quite, well... Quite shortly in the literature after that, but I do think maybe time passes as well. It does. We get more time with them kind of getting to hang out. He cooks okonomiyaki just for the heck of it, and she's yes. like, eh, it's an okay okonomiyaki. Yes, I can eat this. Rama seems like he's become quite much more mature and responsible, you know, despite You'd holding hope. things. He, he, yeah, he cooks, he cleans, he does the dishes. More responsible and mature than a 16-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, one would hope. It's true. And these characters, they do seem... Very different from the source characters, but they are 66 years. No, more than that. It's easier to see a through line. Or so. And then that's, you know, it's good that they have matured. They, yeah. they, they're much more likable. <laughs> <laughs> but then, our third reveal is a computer search goes off. Because Ukyo, oh, as wow, like a yes. rich eccentric living in the mountains, has her own like powerful computer system that's hooked into whatever super internet exists. Right. And it found something. She does a lot of research. Well, she, she has a, some sort of type of ac- academic at her job, right? Yeah, she's, she's a researcher. biotech in some yeah. field. Yeah. Uh, isn't she retired at this point, though, it seems like? like seems like she's not still She's 85 working. years old. Well, right. One would she was, like, functionally same. retired, I think. Yeah. yeah. That sounds right. And she lives alone in the mountains, and she doesn't go out, you know, because she's trying to avoid getting hot water on her so she doesn't die. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming she's, if she's working, she's working from home. And so by the time we're leading into numbers, chapter 6... We get a big info dump about what's going on. Her search went off because she's trying to find shampoo. Mm-hmm. And the, the the train of events here is a little bit intricate and like takes a whole chapter for her to explain. It's yes. it's very info dumpy. Not It's not badly executed. It's Actually, just like, yeah. I'm not sure how to summarize it. 
Uh, she. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have said info dump because I felt like it was just so intriguing when it was put out like that. That's I think right. of info dumping, I think of um, like a punisher, like someone who talks your ear off and you can't get away. But um, let's say the more neutral exposition. Yeah, anyway, it's well, a chapter no, yes. of exposition. It was a good point, though. Yes. It was a lot of information, but it was done really well. I just wanted to give my props to the author for that. That's right. They did have a lot long periods of explanation, but it did, didn't feel mm-hmm. labored at all. Well, I think part of that was because of the emotional interactions that occur between Yukio and Ranma at the time. Like, she's very, very upset about this. Mm-hmm. And there's suspense around what their relationship is going to be now that his wife, Akane, has passed away. Um, and he does give her comfort when she eventually reveals that she's been looking for a shampoo for 20 years. Right. Because she was trying to s- analyze Jusenkyo. Mm-hmm. And she knew that the uh, Joketsu Zoku are familiar with Jusenkyo. So she was like, oh, I'll go talk to them about it. And the Joketsu Zoku are, of course, that's, what? That's the village of the Amazons. Yes. They, yes. They, they, they're translated as Chinese Amazons. The Japanese and Chinese is more like village of women heroes. Uh-huh. Where, like, it's... Like, all the women train in, like, awesome martial arts, but um, there's not necessarily in a position of, like, an implication of, like, the men being oppressed, necessarily. Like, you know, Moose gets to have awesome martial arts, too, I guess. There was a thing where the women had more status, I think. Probably so. Yeah. But anyway, the Joketsuzoku is, like, the name of their society. And, you know, as we know, this area of China is full of weird, mystical villages of bizarre subcultures that have cool things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, because Chinese racism in the source material. Yes. Um, but when she went there, the, the there's so much stuff here to say. The Joketsuzoku oh. said shampoo never returned after she went to Japan to pursue mm-hmm. Ranma to begin with. Mm-hmm. The first time. Yeah. The first mm-hmm. time. And like she tracks down Moose, and but like Moose doesn't remember anything from like that period of his life. At all. At all. Like, yeah. he, he did go to Japan, but then, like, he, he came back and he doesn't remember any of it. Because in the story, Shampoo goes to Japan, yes. f- finds the Rana revealed, then goes back to China, then comes back with her grandmother. Yes, with Cologne. With Cologne. Yes. And, and with a Jusenkyo curse. Because um, <sighs> she was cursed for having failed to bring back Ranma. But no one remembers Cologne at all. Which is very yes. weird, because she was a extremely... Extremely wise, extremely old matriarch person who would be a hard person to forget. Hard person to forget. It's always on that little cane of hers. Yeah, I remember I I tried to explain this to my roommates earlier when they revealed this. I was reading this and I was like, I don't know how to explain this to you guys, (laughs) but they just rewrote an old woman into a demon in this fan fiction, which is what we're about to get to here. Yeah, it's interesting because... Yeah, they start making some con- some conclusions that seem like big leaps to me, but are in fact completely correct. Well, they find they have footage of her returning from Japan the second time, from security where campus, yeah. Shampoo is alone, but there's a weird shimmering in the air, like visual, on her back, visual visual blur, blur, yes, where Cologne, on her back. you know, was apt to ride or whatever. Or and with Shampoo miming the image of holding someone's hand. Yes, right, but there's no one there. Yeah, and. <sighs> Uh, um, they make quite an inference. <laughs> from this, they make a inference that there is an entity that was like Cologne that was using making Shampoo see her and maybe making other people see her and maybe messing with people's yes. heads. And this is all completely correct. Um, and it's I guess it's a reasonable inference. conclusion. It's just like they seem well, very certain of it. They're very certain of it, but I think it was a combination of two separate instances of, like, 
security footage where first you couldn't see cologne at all. Right. But you could see a, a blur, a a, like a shimmer or blur on Shampoo's back. So there's an inference that there's something riding on her back that is undetectable with security cameras and that also her supposed great-grandmother, Cologne, does not exist as she's miming holding hands with something that isn't there. Right. So that's a lot of inference that ends up being true. The second time, Shampoo doesn't appear. She just kind of... Well, wait a minute. The, the Google search that yeah, uh, that Ukyo has been running for like yeah. 20 years Google or, yeah. to like mm-hmm. to do all footage, I guess, from the airport ever or whatever, right, right. finally does find Shampoo leaving Japan the second time. Well, and not just that, but Shampoo with a, another minor visual anomaly, which might... Made the was search take so long. Yes, but even yeah, more minor of, a, vis- shampoo, of right? a visual anomaly. We could mm-hmm. see shampoo, but there was like only a oh, tiny flicker okay. when passing a like convenient regular mesh that's good for spotting distortions. Like yeah. oh. only a tiny flicker of anything else with her. Oh, and she makes, you know, here's a, here's the dialogue at the end of that section. Um. Oh, no, shampoo is invisible also that time. That's right. That's what I thought. No, yeah. you're right, you're right. It was that, well, but it's kind of strange. And, like, because, the, the, yeah. the, the distortion was shampoo-shaped. That's right. Okay, you're right. right and right. that's what and was so hard to find. her with the mesh. So shampoo was invisible also that time. Ranma says, why is she invisible too this time? Asked Ranma. I don't know. Maybe it was stronger for some reason. Maybe it had been feeding off her somehow. Ukyo looked sick at the thought. Ranma felt queasy himself. Or maybe it had been doing something else to her while she was living in Tokyo, altering her somehow, gradually, making her more like it. All of which is, like, pretty much correct, but it seems like a bit of a leap. It is a leap. I mean, yes. Anyway, but that's that's our main plot kicked off, though. And at the end of... (laughs) At the end of the fanfic... The author notes that this fanfic was a response to a tendency in Ranma and Half fanfiction for people to portray Cologne as a villain, hmm. which in the source material she's not. Mm-hmm. But rather than this being like an argument against that or like a rebuttal, mm-hmm. he doubled down on it. He was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, okay. Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna run with that, let's like really make Cologne like yeah, really explore <laughs> the, the Ranma space, as you will, kind of with the whole yeah chi demons idea." Like, anything could happen. Oh, it fits perfectly. I yeah. mean, they, they fight all kinds of weird, like, demons, even though they tend to be, like, comedic one-shot things. Yeah. Manifestations of paintings that look like a panda, whatever. The, the cat god thing? Oh, yeah, the cat god thing. Um, yep, all kinds of stuff. And so that kicks off the main action of the fanfic. And after that, it's a little bit less exploring, a little bit less exploring our feelings, and a little bit more, like, pursuing They still keep on exploring stuff. their feelings. There's a lot of exploring your I mean, feelings. before... Yeah, at that point, they, there's some exchange, and um, Ranma makes Ukiyo mad. Trying to energize her it ends up going a bit too far. Mm-hmm. So she goes off by herself to pursue this. And before yeah. Ranma psychs themselves up to go after them, they have an emotional moment mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. in order to do that. So the, the, the emotional through line is still present. Yeah, the author mm-hmm. was very uh, fastidious about that. Yeah. Like, they, they showed their work in terms of... Yeah. Relationship building and, you know, Ranma grieving and all that kind of stuff. Um, They make another kind of leap. They were like, oh, well, maybe she, maybe Shampoo met this entity near Jusenkyo. Which Mm. I, yeah, I mean, sure, she, she could have. That was, that was Ranma's inference, right? And wasn't, is that right? That was Ranma's. Was that the one that made Mm -hmm. you Oh, yeah. Because like, why did I think of that? Right. Yeah, that she blamed herself. 
And then there was a whole argument ensuing from that. Because there's also t- talking about how Ukio didn't have any contact with Ranma for the entire 60-some years. Yeah, she had kind of, like, met up with his mom once, like, talked with his kids once. Talked with Kane. Talked with Kane, everybody except Ranma, right. Yeah, everybody everybody kept it from (laughs) Ranma, which I guess made him a little bit... And she was questioning whether or not to bring Ranma in at this at all for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Ranma actually helped... Makes her feel terrible because she's like, well, I should have actually like asked for help mm-hmm. instead of just sitting on this okay, thing. got yes. this done 20 years ago. And right. what does Ranma do? He thinks, he oh, her off. she doesn't want my comfort. She wants me to punish her in some way. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And now that I'm on a roll, I'm going to make her feel even worse. It's sort of the, the macho... Um, trying to make yeah. somebody feel better by lighting a fire under their ass idea. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's very... It, well, it doesn't work well. It doesn't and work well. There I, you go. I, I mean, I appreciate that Ranma, Ranma yeah. takes that tack. It doesn't work well. And afterwards, Ranma's like, oh, I handled that really badly. Like, yes, that was... exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of how you would, would expect Ranma to handle something that you wouldn't expect the sort of forethought he put into it, which is like, oh, I, I shouldn't try to comfort her. I should try to, like, I don't eh. But I guess he's much older. Yeah, 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 it did not work out very well, and she ran the fuck off. <laughs> so she runs off. Uh, to investigate this thing, and Ranma pursues her. He borrows a police flitter from his son, who is, like, high up in the police, I guess. He calls his son, um, finds out where his location actually is, and tells his son to pick him up, and his son sends an automated police car. Yeah. Yes. They're on the commutes. Flitter, I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, yes. Flitter. And it made me laugh that, like, we were reading a a Ranma one-half fanfic with with action like this, well, like, oh, well, actually, I need to set the stage a little bit. Mm-hmm. He, he tries to find Ukyo, like, he can't mm-hmm. find her flitter anywhere, so, like, he's trying to track it down, and he's like, oh, maybe I can use, like, this police flitter I'm on to, like, do GPS to find oh, her. Maybe, like, they, I they, maybe they sent this flitter quick enough not to downgrade its um, secu- security priority so I can still use the tracking in it. Yeah, yes. yeah. The, the, uh, that's so what made me laugh. That out. passage, it exactly. Like, <laughs> it's so, it's like, this is a Rodma one half fanfic. Wait a minute, though. This is a police flitter. He tapped at the computer panel, hoping that Seiji, his son, had had to borrow the flitter in a hurry. Sure enough, the restricted functions had not been locked off. He breathed a sigh of relief and started asking the computer questions. He had to link through Ukyo's house computer again to get enough transmission range to query the vehicle registry center in uh, Xining, but eventually he managed to pull up her flitter's transponder code. He fed that into the police flitter's traffic control detection and tracking system. A bare instant later, a tracking map popped up on the screen. Someone was reading a lot of Philip K. Well, Dick. You know, <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, it's fine. It's like, there's nothing, it's not bad. No, it, it's it, not. It fits the setting, it fits the action, it fits everything that's been established. It just made me laugh. You read? You said you, you read some of the author's blog? Uh, yes. So, so Max Boone's blog? <laughs> McSpawn. Ma- McSpawn of the clan. Were, were McSpawn, this some sort of a software engineer or something? I think so, that sounds right. Oh, yes. Like, a, like an Australian software engineer mm-hmm. of some kind? That New sounds Zealand. right. New Zealand, like, yeah. They're from yeah. Wellington, yeah. Okay, uh, there we go. No, there we go. So the yeah. software engineering part is kind of... So, it's coming out here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and how many times they watched Blade Runner. Right, I mean, you know, it, it works. It, it works hey, for the action. And like so he tracks down where Ukyo's flitter was, and Ukyo's flitter is completely invisible to the eye. So someone's mind is being messed with, and it is his. Yes. And so... About halfway through the fanfic here, 
we get into like the second half, which is a kind of a different beast, and it's also very interesting. I'm not sure how to lead into this. Like, this fanfic is just, I don't know. So that brings us into the second half of the fanfic, where things get very strange in a completely different way. Quite. What is it? It's like a cave they find? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, yes. first, before that. Oh, before that. They, they find the cave, they find the flitter, yes. and then he's like, oh, well, there's nothing here. I should go. And starts oh, reaching right. for the oh, control that panels. That was so strange. Right. And his mind was I like, wait, what the fuck? Read the next Right, he's thinking, wait, no, it's extremely weird that there's like an invisible flitter here. Yes. Like, and why am I thinking that I need to be leaving right now? That's also, very weird. Also, I should yeah, go. Really <laughs> odd. And there's... And he starts talking to himself. He does. He's talked to himself once or twice before mm-hmm. in fairly extended conversations. Mostly, yes. like, earlier yes. about kind of, like, arguing, how he's feeling towards Ukiyo or whatever. Yes. Arguing and, about his feelings, whether he's being unfaithful to Akane. Yeah, imagining does. himself as his male and female parts, mm-hmm. which I think is very fascinating for his whole conception of his own gender. Mm-hmm. Also, but, throughout the fact, he spends a lot of time talking to Akane. As, yes. Oh, in his as mind a concept, also. I guess. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, Here we go. oh, did you find a example place? Oh yeah. So right now, mm-hmm. yes, he starts talking to himself and he, he's really arguing like with himself about whether he, sh- whether this instinct he has about Ukiyo's flitter and her being somehow invisible is, is real or not. And, you know, there's a brackets around this other voice in his head mm-hmm. and, He's he keeps saying like this is like the rational and irrational part of his brain arguing, and it's like something like yeah he reached in to program a course in the nearest hospital like this rational thing and then in brackets no damn it I'm not mad and there's nothing wrong with this flitter so it's like his instinct and his like uh, his rationality arguing, but then at some point as he's fighting this yes instinct. as he's fighting his instinct, um but then. As he watched, still transfixed, oh, sorry, it, which would be, um, his, it started to move again upward, upward his face, which would be his hand, mm-hmm. and two of the fingers were stuck out, just the right distance apart, and they were coming towards his eyes, and they, no, were coming closer, and he could feel them now, a faint pressure on his eyelids, and something inside him was fighting, but it wasn't strong enough, and he, no! could feel the pressure increasing now, the fingers digging deeper, and it was starting to hurt, but the pain was good. Yes, the pain was excellent. And in a moment, everything would be wonderful, and he'd never have to worry about anything again. No! And he wrenched his head away, screaming, his eyes hurting. And through a mist of tears, he saw it. He saw the flitter, Ukiyo's flitter, parked right next to his own, and just a few meters away, the cave entrance. A voice spoke in his head, come in. I don't know if it's possible to read something with your eyes closed, but that's what I was doing <laughs> yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was cringing listening to that again, I know, too. right? Uh. It's awful because, you know, you don't really know exactly what's happening except that it, he's trying to poke his own eyes out. And and, and you don't I... really know why at first. I think I kind of inferred it was Cologne's influence. But yeah, yeah. You almost also think it's a byproduct of like his own grief and like brokenness. It's well, I I saw it as an extension of the mind control suggestion mm-hmm. to go away. And once he wasn't going away, then it was kill yes. yourself. Yeah, I think that was is. about accurate. Yes. But I also because he's had conversations with himself before in this mm-hmm. fan fiction that weren't a byproduct. It of does make you wonder. Clone's influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does make you wonder like if this is just 
his own grief and maybe mental illness acting against him, like suicidal ideation. But yeah, it was very intense. So that happened. Yeah. So then, while well, while he's sitting here, he can't see the the flitter or the cave entrance at all. Then it, he breaks the control and then it becomes visible. Yes. Decides to explore the cave. Yes. And yes. he goes in, and right there is Cologne. She's like standing in the cave. He sees her, and, and this is where things get really crazy. I mean, they, they kind of just get crazier and crazier. Yeah. It's so like I, I I see it all as the same crazy. It's all no, the same. Crazy. I, I see it as intensifying levels of crazy. Personally, it does this get is, crazier. I, yeah. There's intensifying levels of grossness for mm. me as a germaphobe. Mm. Mm. Because first there's urine, and then there's filth, and then there's vomit. But I guess we'll get to that. Chekhov's urine. Yes. <laughs> oh, shoot. Let me write that down. Dang. It's kind of the episode description. All right. So he enters the cave, and yeah. he sees Cologne. He sees Cologne. She looks the same. He mm. knows she's some sort of horrible demon monster. She knows that he knows. And so they're just kind of taking each other's... Uh, taking stock of each other to begin with. Yes. Um, and she kind of just admits, like, yeah, you know, I've been feeding on shampoo, and, like, yeah, Ukyo showed up here. I, I'm feeding on her, too. She's extra sweet. She's Why don't you come inside? She's fresher. Come on yeah. in. We'll talk about it. Yeah, let's she's just completely have a confident. Nice conversation. Right. And wh- while they're walking, she's showing more and more teeth. Yes. He keeps <laughs> oh, thinking, I don't remember having her having this many teeth, and if, you know... If I recall correctly from the anime, she does. She only has very few teeth because she's supposed to be an old, old woman with very few teeth. Yeah. But yes, she has more and more teeth as the conversation progresses. She drops that she is in this form because uh, Shampoo shaped her in that form. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a... Yes. What, like the advisor or the help or whatever that Shampoo wanted was like a super badass matriarch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cologne's saying, well, I don't mind because it's a... It's an amazingly powerful form. Like, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, Shampoo's idea was the most Amazon person possible. Yes. Right. Yeah, and Shampoo started to have some influence over Cologne as well, because she's also a very strong woman. So. Yes. This is uh, yet another run with Fanfare we found that talks about how strong and smart Shampoo is. Yeah, which I think is great. Nice and, and, yeah. Raises, yeah. and raises briefly the same issues that were in the other fanfic that we read, you know, mm-hmm. leading up to this fanfic. Like, Rama, Rama does go through, man, Shampoo must have been like really kind of strong-willed and have herself yes. together to go to a foreign country where she doesn't speak the language very well and yeah. can't face the racism and, like, pursue this goal. And, like, she was always, she you know, was. very cunning and stuff. She was. Lots of props to shampoo all over, which is great. Which is great because, yeah, like, there is a trend in the source material to treat her as, you know... And we learn a key thing about Cologne here, which is that she feeds on despair. Like, she found shampoo yes. when... Uh, when she came back from Japan the first time, super depressed, and uh, she she kind of like invokes despair and then also feeds on it and mm-hmm. manipulates people to get that. But at the same time, shampoo has been fighting it and also tum- sometimes bending it towards shampoo's will to get what yeah what shampoo wants. Yeah, there, there yes. like had to be a give and take at least in the early parts apparently, where like right. Cologne had to help shampoo try to get her own goals because it was some sort right. of symbiotic relationship. Yeah, that's why Cologne help tries to help shampoo get Ron. Yeah. And, and that's a good explanation that's a re- for The relationship it. is a symbiote. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and there's kind of a series of sparring between Cologne and Ranma. Like, she, she takes openings in the conversation to try to invoke despair and, yes, like, lean him yes. towards despair. And verbal sparring. Verbal sparring. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, verbal yeah. sparring at this point. Uh, you know, Ranma is particularly vulnerable to this at this point in his life. After losing his wife of 66 years, he is mm-hmm. very vulnerable to despair. 
Um, so I think that was a very proper sort of villainy <laughs> yeah. to introduce. I mean, I do think it's a very archetypal one, but I, yeah. It I is, also think this monster it, has yeah. one arrow in its quiver, too. But Well, yeah, it, it has yes. two, because it is still also just as physically formidable as it used to yeah, be. Yeah, that's true, and because so, that's what Shampoo made her. Yeah. And the next thing that happens is that Ranma's like, well, okay, well, maybe, like, maybe if I defeat this cologne which he assumes must be some kind of projection made out of the creature's key. They had talked about it before. Yeah, like some sort of goal. Some sort of a chi projection, because there was times where they had talked to cologne and not shampoo. Right. So, so, it, so yeah, like, yeah. Some sort so of he of, knows she has to have some sort of physical right. existence. And, well, and he's kind of banking on that. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, that's, that's his sort best of guess. like golem. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, well, maybe if I defeat her and like explode her or whatever, maybe that'll help. Maybe there'll be some kind of feedback. Yeah. That's the best but I've he got. He really doesn't know. Yeah. That's just the best he's got. He's not Professor X. There's not going to be a like combat on the psychic plane here with yeah. mm-hmm. and Rama ha- also has one arrow in his quiver too which is beating people up yes yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. so they get to have a fight but before that fight the aforementioned urine right yeah very the important. aforementioned urine He's so like- Rama very strategically <laughs> says I may get a habit never to fight with a full bladder and, and he like goes <laughs> and he takes a piss in the corner of the cave there you go. And the author makes a good point of this. So And, and then they yep. fight. And then they fight. And um, it goes not great. I mean, uh-huh. Ranma is a very, very good martial artist, but he's also a lot older than he used to be, and Cologne is exactly as powerful as and she used to be. Has he discovered shampoo at this point? Oh, yes. I think they, yeah, they yes. found shampoo. I mean, like, she's shampoo physically and, there so in that the was, corner. Yes. Uh, shampoo and Ukyo. Ukyo as well. Yes. Ukyo is Ukyo's uh, there. unconscious on the floor. Mm-hmm. And shampoo is withered and in terrible state, and, like, you get some kind of horrifying description yeah, of what she's... Yeah, where she's just, like, caked and emaciated. And, and, yeah, like, she, her muscles have atrophied. She's been basically kept... Her face is deformed, and she's, yeah, she's just been kept, yeah. Like, captive years. and uh, yeah. immobile for 60 years. Mm-hmm. Which but, is but just still horrifying. And yeah, that she's just like a layer of filth. So you get urine, you get filth. Like, like get, uh, she she recognizes Ranma like, yeah. when Ranma walks in, so she's still yes. more or less there. Yes, but she's, you know, she's been... It's been taking a mental and emotional toll on her as well. She recognizes him for a second and then kind of goes vacant again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've gone from a story that doesn't really seem very... I don't know, supernatural or dramatic to something that's yeah. It was more very of a very hard. It started off like, very thoughtful and not exactly high stakes. Yeah, no, to something immediate. About, you know, it was something more about Ranma's grief and healing process. It seemed very optimistic, and now we're getting something very dark. Yeah, I mean, largely. But that said, Ron was about to shoot an X-ray mm-hmm. laser beam of, made of chi. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, but like you know, he we can talk about that. he does the Dragon Ball Z thing and well, gathers first, all his power. First, he decides not to use any big major technique that would blow anything up, and then decides to shoot a laser beam. <laughs> yeah, which was kind of weird, but all right. Well, the the in the author notes at the end, the author says like, yeah, Ranma at first was trying like decided deliberately not to do big chi attacks, and then he did mm-hmm. anyway, and that's just Ranma. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I buy that. Mm-hmm. So he does that. Cologne manages to like absorb it, um, diffuse it, whatever, and it tires them both out. Yeah. But like, basically, he's like, "Well, I can't, I can't fight her directly like this." The, the, yes. They do spend some some amount of time fighting. They do yes. fight. Like, yeah, that's quite a bit of fighting. It yeah. didn't seem too labored in the in the story to read. No, it goes yeah. fine. Normally, fight scenes are kind of terrible to read. I did gloss over a little bit of it, but yeah, no, mostly mostly it was it was pretty engaging. No, I, yeah, I do think, I, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Being engaging yeah. without being overly specific. Yeah, yeah. But, I felt like it could have been a little less of the fighting, personally, but. Yeah, 
or a little more engaging of the but it was actually quite well done considering how long these scenes are often labored over without any interesting actions the author tries to have twists and turns the next Mm -hmm. twist and turn basically once the physical fight doesn't go ronma's way is that he um throws himself into the the urine which has had time to cool down the now cool puddle of the now cold urine so now he is covered i mean she is covered in urine because we apparently have to change pronouns based on the shape of the physical body of the character because it's a completely cis sexist piece of fiction let me just say that one more time cis sexist piece of fiction i'm reminded anyway. that that is a convention in ranma fan fiction yeah yes not a good convention just the convention that like well yeah it if doesn't someone... make sense ranma consistently will be like i'm a man yes and then as soon as he gets tits, they're like, she. But that is the sexism for you. That's biological it, yeah, essentialism. It's gender, so gender tied to excuse biology. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me for my transgender rant. I am just I get so pissed off by cis people. End of story. If you're allowed a transgender rant anywhere, it's in a Ronmo one half related mm-hmm. topic. Yes. Well, Thank you. <laughs> yes. Anyway, the the most important part here is more that Rama's sixteen again and therefore like super oh, yes. fast again. And exactly. Gets and it's super to powerful. Kind of put put Cologne on the defensive. Not really. It's kind of a stalemate. It was like yeah, they match yeah. it first, then Cologne gets the edge again. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she goes for like mental attacks again because she kind of has right. she kind of has all the balls in her court there. And then then Rama makes her will save again. I think. Yes. Right. Um, I'm I'm skimming through this. Try to remember. I feel like well, there's that that potion that happens. Is there much before that? Before that, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Before that, um, while uh, while Clone is trying to put the mental hurt on on Ron, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. uh, Ukio manages to break out of the yeah. thrall. So oh, that, that's so then it's right, two on one, right. yeah. and that's enough to give them a, uh, a super, kind of advantage yeah, in the advantage. physical fight yes. part yes. here. And so they have an advantage. And Ukio is still in. By the way, in their sixteen-year-old martial arts. That's body. right. Yes, yeah, the so they're spatulas. both like sixteen-year-old martial artists. Super girls. martial artists. Super <laughs> martial artists kicking some ass, which you know is not a bad mental image. Wait, it's which, just unfortunate she didn't get a chance to set up a whole arena that's a gigantic okonomiyaki grilling hot plate. <laughs> right. Because if she no. had, I'm pretty sure now, she could have defeated an ancient demon mental monster. Well, she, yeah, she was willing to bring yes. back her spatulas, but yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> did come. Equate with a spatula bandolier with an indiscriminate amount of spatulas in it. Right. Mm-hmm. An arbitrary number of spatulas. <laughs> spatulas written in pencil, yeah. And so because they're kind of able to turn the the tide on Cologne, mm-hmm. she goes to a backup plan. It's a lot of twists and turns. The backup plan is throwing some, like, a vial of water at Ranma, which is... Now, this was really cool. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. This was awesome, the way the author did this. Now, wait a minute. What happens here, and we're just going to say what happens, is that it's Spring of Drowned Twins water, and Rama splits into two, and one of them is, well, okay, it's like a distillation, some yeah. some modified version of Spring of Drowned Twins water. And Rama splits into his old male form and his, like, young curse form, right? His regular but self and his cursed self. Regular self, cursed self. some, like, e-coming yes, that's, style. Yes, that's the accurate way to say it. Phrasing, yes. where, like, the words kind of trickle drown in two separate yeah, like streams. They really play with the formatting, which is it, which is beautiful. I thought it was so good. Re- reached a little bit of havoc on my mobile phone, but I think oh, I, I the, love the, way the original it formatting. I think was that they were in parallel columns. Though. Yeah, well, it started really off with that. Then it went to parallel columns. Oh yeah, they do some really some really neat stuff. Yeah, um, reading it on my phone like I was it. 
it's just kind of like repeated phrases over and over, which oh, also no, works yeah, really it's well. In parallel columns. But like at first it looks like it's splitting down and trickling. Yeah. Like Ron oh, felt yeah. dizzy that it's like she and he separating the two separate columns where like the experiences are almost identical except that they can see each other's separated bodies. So yeah. when Female Ranma, for lack of better phrasing. Cursed Ranma is the better phrasing. Is Thank what you. That's, out. No, that's actually a really good point. Thank you so much. Cursed Ranma is vomiting. Then uncursed Ranma is watching them vomit. So while, while still having the like, sensation of it. Yeah. Yes, while still having the sensation. Yeah. And so, so, but almost identical experiences. So, Cologne's so game plan here was to cool. fuck things up because yeah. it's one mind shared between two simultaneous bodies, which they had originally prepared in case Ryoga had found them, which I thought was a fun <laughs> yeah. little detail. Yeah, that is actually really funny. And Cologne's like, well, you know, people can't handle that. Like, there's no way he can possibly fight in that in that state. And at first, where I thought they were going to go with this was like, well, maybe through force of will he can. If but it was no. the manga, it would be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But that's not yeah, where no. they go with it. No, he cannot do that because it's this completely impossible. Really, really insane. So this entire time they're doing the dual um, columns simultaneously. Yes, for Rama's particular experience. Mm-hmm. when And then there's also, which I thought maybe this was a little too much though, because then it's Ranma hears dialogue between Cologne and Ukyo, which is then broken up with, you know, hyphens, like Cologne, Ukyo, Cologne, Ukyo, which was a really big break in the oh, yeah. the formatting. It's, I felt like that was too much, but the simultaneous columns I felt really I, I, very I thought it was a bit necessary done. to keep the flow going. Mm. Maybe, the, yes. the more uh, immediacy of the visual text. Yeah, I can see that. I just felt like, you know, to change it to kind of a script format... From a prose format, you know, from the original, like, narrative format. It was weird, but I, did, weird. I didn't mind it because it was just for one or two lines. True that. Yeah. yeah. And so the solution is not shown in anime Force of Will. The solution is that Ukyo kills Ranma's older kills. self. Oh, yeah, because their older yes. self is so old. Yes. Because yes. if you need one of them the to fight, one, yeah. right. you want the young one to fight. So Cursed Ranma, is the, the form that is represents Cursed Ranma survives, and Ukyo literally murders Ranma in his normal, his, his own uncursed his aged body. Form, his yes. aged Original body. Form. Original OG. body. Thank you. I, <laughs> OG for, lack of, for lack of better language. That's, that's the best language, yeah. The original body that he had is now... Dead. All right, and let's let's try to hurry this along because so much happens in this fanfic. I know we need to talk about it, but um, so then they get the edge on Cologne that again, and there's, then there's another gambit, which is that Cologne makes Akane mm-hmm. appear before Ranma, and yeah. Akane's like, "Look, I can be here in your mind, like physically, mm-hmm. you know." And then then Ukiyo's like, "No, don't do it. It's a trap." And Ranma's like, "Yeah." Ranma's yeah. like, "Yeah, it's a Obviously, trap, yeah. but like, but, I can, you know, but I'm gonna do it." But I, I, there's no way I'm not going to do it. Right. So it's a trap. Yeah. It's like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, but he's been grieving for his dead wife of 60, like, that he was married to for 66 years. So he's like, I'm still going to do it anyway. So she creates a physical projection of a Kane? Uh, if, that's not clear. It could be physical. It just, could just be mental well, Like the point. same sort of chi projection yeah, that Cologne was made out of. Yeah, right. Just, but he's so wrapped up in his grief and his love for her that mm-hmm. he can't help but accept whatever projection this is. Mm-hmm. And... The next, uh, what's the word when like a fight goes back and forth or like something and there's a lot of oh, turnabouts? Uh, like a, yeah. Or, or like a, a 
um, back repartee. And forth. Yeah, like the a, next part of the back and forth. Oh, God, there's such is a good that, repartee. So much back and forth. Is that Shampoo marshals her will and takes control of the economy protection for a moment. A rapport. Rapport. Right? Uh, yeah, sure. It's an exchange of blows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. There might be a, a very specific word I can't remember. But anyway, she has Akane turn and say, like, this is, this is total bullshit. Don't do yeah. it. And that That's throws exactly everybody off. That's what she says, yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, so, exactly what she go. says is, this is the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard. Yes. And there you go. Shampoo. Yeah, Kicking the, it back into high gear despite being... I don't know. She's so messed up at this point for the <laughs> last, like, 60 years. And this lets them defeat the clone projection. Because they, mm-hmm. like... Or, or rather, the economy projection goes and hammers the clone projection because Shampoo has control of that for a moment. Yes. They both disappear. And Ranma and Ukyo are able to, like, go to Shampoo's body and find something they suspected was there... Which, which is, is like even a, more disgusting. Which is like a physical growth thing that is, is a, like tumor. It's like a parasite giant physically attached flea to her or spine. Tick. Yeah. Yes. Or, or if you watch the new, um, uh, what was it? The Black Spider Man character? Miles Morales, yeah. Wait, what? You no. mean Venom? What? Venom. Oh, okay. You watch the new Venom tra- trailer, it's a symbiote. Symbiote. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> A symbiotic. That's how they pronounce it. Oh, deep Very pronounced. <laughs> One of them symbiotic oh. relationships. Symbiotic. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, they splatter the real form of cologne. Which is and, like some sort of giant engorged tick. And then the psychic energy released by that puts them all on a mental plane for a little while where they talk telepathically between dead. each other with shampoo yes. also. Oh, yeah, they all talk telepathically. And then we see how shampoo would talk if people understood if she was like a native speaker if of she was japanese, a native speaker of japanese well, or rather english they I don't thought care. they thought she was speaking Span- uh, spanish japanese <laughs> and she thinks they speaking chinese yes, yes. <laughs> they all thought they were speaking the same language so we actually get to see her phrase her language in the way that she would phrase it in her native language which is important because in ranma there's a huge point made that she doesn't speak Japanese very well, and it's used to make her look stupid, which right. is a very racist thing to do, and it's done in a lot of media. Was this scene necessary? Was this scene necessary? Uh, uh, that conversational necessary? scene, like, you could have skipped it, but at the end of that, like, this psychic energy release also sends Ronma's mind skipping back through time. Oh, right. To, yes. talk, to talk to himself as the other voice in his mind. In order to psych himself again, up to go search for Ukiah. To talk Ukiya. to himself right. again. To close this, and this time loop is closed. He says all the <gasps> things he remembers himself saying. It's all very that neatly done. That's so weird to have a time loop mechanic that was just, like, one minor bit, and then, then you're done. I know, right? And, it almost flies right by. It was it weird just, because it, early in the story, I was like, sensical. I was like, these conversations Ron was having with himself are a little bit overdone. And yeah. then by yeah. the end, they're like, oh, wait, I, I'm like, wrapping up those plot points. Was like that one specifically yeah. was like the most overdone. Yeah, yeah. I know. But that was, that was so crazy. But, you know, I really do appreciate that there was an explanation because it does seem to come from nowhere. And I also did like them being able to talk to Shampoo, Shampoo having, yes. being able to say anything at all. Yes, yes. Like... It's really quite a big thing in the series that Shampoo is made fun of for the way that she speaks and to have, you know, yeah. just, yeah, just bypass that whole joke, like, because the author wasn't about to have her speak in a way, you know, in that sort that of racist yeah. caricature, yeah. 
Well, so, she still calls Yukio you know. spatula girl or whatever. Yeah, but like, who wouldn't? <laughs> like, she's trying to be insulting. I think the implication the author is putting on is that was her way of like insulting her but not speaking her name rather right. than insulting Shampoo's language. It was just Shampoo's choice to be right, like, right. you're just a spatula girl. <laughs> so after that, it's falling action. They manage to get Shampoo to a hospital. Mm-hmm. They kind of have to navigate. The, mm-hmm. you know, the hospital telling them what's going on and mm. trying to explain to the Chinese authorities why they have a Japanese police cruiser. Right, and also and no passport. Also, or They had to use, they had to rip Shampoo's clothing to get the parasite, so they had to use their own shirts to cover her, and so now they are two seemingly, you know, topless cis women with uh, this, yeah, anyway. Anyway. The point that, is... that happened. The point is, after that, there's kind of a discussion of where they go from there. And Ukyo points out that it appears Ranma has one body and no Jusenkyo curses. So, because, you know, Ranma's distressed over having, like, this... this. Oh, on the way out of the... First they do this whole labor thing to try to get out of the cave, because Cologne... Oh, the yeah. Cologne thing was the light source, so they're deep in a cave mm, with no right. light source. So they do this thing where they try to... They spend a yeah. long time trying to get out of the cave. Part of it, including... Uh, crawling over Ranma's original oh, that's right. And that was we, a good scene. Which is funny because I knew that from the moment Ukyo did it that she killed that right. Ranma. But Ranma didn't quite but get Ranma it. Ranma didn't know. Ranma's like, you knocked him out, right? <laughs> and oh, she's like, no. God, I killed you. So yeah, Ranma's understandably upset. So Ranma's upset in the post, yeah. you know, post-climax after action about being you know, in this cursed form forever <laughs> and also having had his natural body murdered. But Ukyo points out he can probably go get Riju Senkyo cursed in the Spring of Drowned Man or whatever. Right. And then he'll just have to avoid water like she has been doing. Mm -hmm. And Ranma is absolutely like, oh yeah, I could go track down the Chisuiton and just lock myself into that form. (laughs) And, you know, this is a point of Ranma continuity that has not come up for the whole fanfic so far. Ukyo was what now? (laughs) And and he's like, oh, the the Chisuiton, you know, Mm -hmm. it locks you in your cursed form forever and you can't turn back with hot water. And she's like, what? They did did mention that before in the fiction, actually. That that happened. Yeah, they did mention that. Well, they mentioned Herb. Yeah, they mentioned Herb, but they right. mentioned that that's what he tried to do was lock Ranma in mm-hmm. the cursed form. I think that was between Cologne and Ranma talking. Oh, okay. maybe you might be right. Anyway, Ukyo, Ukyo was not really like, involved in that story. Whoa. So you're right. It's a Ukyo's like you were keeping <laughs> this from me because just because Ranma's dumb and doesn't think about these right. things. That's right? fair. Yeah, yeah which exactly. is totally fair. Ranma's um, pretty dumb. And so the end game is they they plan to go track them the Chisui Tone and get. Ranma Riju Senkyo cursed and mm-hmm. get locked into their cursed forms to keep themselves alive and and apparently possibly immortal. Young forever? Yes, right. Possibly. And yes. Ranma grapples with this where it's like, do I really want to do that? Like, I've been alive for a long time and I but see how, like, it's, it's kind of rough. Yeah, if they do that, it's just going to be like Rama and Ukyo and Herb for all of eternity. <laughs> I think Herb got unlocked. That's. Mm, yeah. If I'm going to split continuity hairs, <laughs> if the Musk Dynasty. The Musk Dynasty uses the Jusenkyo Springs all the time, and they have that. Like, they would have some immortal people, probably, in their tribe. Like, like maybe everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe That's everybody ever. Really have you thought of everyone? Yeah. <laughs> How about everyone's just maybe, immortal? Maybe, yeah. Maybe we just do that. No. Um, no, but, no, you know, that's splitting hairs. And so wow. that's where the fanfic leaves, that Ron was like, well, I guess, I guess I'll try it, because, like, I feel like I'm at peace, and Akane kind of communicated with me on the astral plane oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, almost died. Right. Yes, that yeah, that, that was what I was going to bring communicated up. With yeah, and she said, you shouldn't just die, you should try to be happy. living and dying. And yeah. Connie gave 
him her blessing, which I guess is what everyone wants from their dead spouse, is the blessing <laughs> to move forward. Most of us don't get that. Yeah, and I think I think that's not inaccurate. I think that's kind of a, you know, yeah. a, a I, normal psychological yeah. arc. And Ronald, Absolutely. And Ronald was like, I, I don't love her as much as I loved you. I was like, do, she, she was like, do you still love her? Though? I was like, yeah, I guess. Like, like so go, go get some. Well, yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know. There's a little vibe there where Ronald's like, well, I owe Ukyo a lot. And I'm like, let's. I don't know yeah. how long you keep that up immortally, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. You know, you, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. It seems like Ronma is just trying to move. I think it's more about Ronma moving forward. In yeah, than about, like, this necessarily being, but, like, a destined, yes. like, forever we will be immortal. Absolutely. But vampires. I do feel a little bad for Ukio because it seems that she spent so much of her life trying to forget Ronma way yeah. to end up back here with him again. But, yeah, well, you know. And Ronma, at least, is trying to heal. And that, I guess, the story is about him. That's the end of the fanfic. Walking mm-hmm. through that took a long time because it's so plotty. It like, so, there's so many things in it. Um, but I think we kind of got to wrap this up. Is there anything that we did not discuss in the course of walking through it that you wanted to talk about? They briefly mentioned Atlantis. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Cologne does, right? No, I thought that was does. no. Ukiyo does. She was like, like saying, I'm searching for her everywhere, like New Jersey, Japan, Atlantis, the Langren colonies, uh, New Australia. Jersey. She said New Jersey. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Okay, okay. thank you. <laughs> Listed several real world locations, and then Atlantis and the Langren colonies, which I which assumed I were was space funny. colonies. Well, I think that was supposed to be erotic, but. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, of course there's Atlantis in the Ronway universe. Well, Why I, wouldn't I, there be? I, I, thought, I thought that were, it was a joke. I thought Flutters were actual cards, too, but this is the future, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a Flutter in 20 years. You just watch. Well, I, I think if they tried, I think Twitter would sue their asses. <laughs> Good point. I believe. Excellent point. I just feel really bad for Shampoo. Shampoo has a rough deal. Yeah, because they basically take her to the hospital and... You know, she's old, she may not survive, but also, like, if she does, her limbs have, excuse me, atrophied so much that she may not ever be able, they presume she'll never be able to walk again. They mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, you know, and she might not be able to move her arms. Like, it's just, fuck, like, that is a hard, rough deal. That is a raw uh, deal. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, they bring up. It's like, well, she could be a perfectly healthy cat, I guess, if she, if she feels like that's she a better wants option. To be a cat, right? For, yeah, you know, eternity. Which you know, maybe she doesn't, maybe she doesn't, but they don't ever resolve that. They're just like, ah, we well, there is. Shampoo. As it happens, there's a and sequel story. fanfic, Second Spring. Oh, what? I see. <clears throat> abstract. How? Is Rather that? than summary, the author did abstract. The sequel to Autumn and Spring. Two years later, Rod and Ukyo are searching for a cure for shampoo, but the cure may come with an unexpected price. Oh. So at least the author. Follows up on that plot thread. Yeah, I sequel. did. I just felt I, like I didn't mind leaving that dangling. Actually, <laughs> now that I know there's there. actual follow up, I. Mm. It's <laughs> much shorter, I think. You know. Um, what final thoughts have we then? About well, was there something about this fanfic you particularly didn't like? Like I said, I struggled a little bit with Ukyo in particular. I know it's set really far away. In advance, but it's just, it was hard to identify through lines of her character that were not, like, from the character I was familiar with to her character here, other than being in love with Ranma. Mm, yeah. And with Ranma, it was a little bit easier. You're inside his head, so you get to see yeah. him kind of, like, I, I mean, think about, he's a lot chiller, obviously, but, like, he's also still kind of impulsive and, like, yeah. 
still, I don't know. But I feel like the characterization was very well done, but it felt like a completely different character just with that much mm. gap between them. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I did. I feel. I felt that like a similar way about yeah Ukio's character, but it, it also Ranma's character. Just like, but it is easy to see how someone could change that much in that time, and you still Absolutely. see the Ranma impulsiveness. But I did like. I don't know. I did really find it hard to believe Ranma's character, especially in the sense of like how. I mean, of course, when he's 85, he's going to be the same as he was as when he was 16. So there's hardly anything to say there other than, like, when you write that character, like, he was a much more likable, thoughtful sort of person. And one would hope that by the time you're 85, you can become a better person that way. That's not always how it works out. And Ranma, <laughs> to me, in the source material, is really, truly hateable. <laughs> so the fact that I liked this version of Ranma was kind of like... It was weirdly off-putting to me. I don't know. Like he lost all the rough edges. Yeah, but practically like he learned. Like of course, hopefully, yeah, that's the future I hope for Rod. But so I guess <laughs> yeah. maybe that's not something to pick on. I did, of course, hate the biological essentialism that's mm-hmm. present and pretty in Rama and pretty much all fanfiction deriving from it. I think so. This was written in the 90s. We had less of an understanding of gender and As that's... distinct from biological sex, yes. Exactly. And, and you know, as certainly the source material does not and... prompt you to think about them separately in the slightest no, either. not at all. And, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like... Yeah, I mean, I guess that's just, that's how people saw it, and that was the language that was available to them. It's hard to really push very hard on that, except to say, like, it is kind of confusing to read it, like, especially as a trans person, because <laughs> the pronouns switching right. based on the physical form that Ranma's taking, because Ranma continues to think of himself as a man no matter what. Yes, yes. that's So that's cool. what's very, like, just, like, drags my mind around a little. I'm just like... Why are you using she, her pronouns when this person still thinks of themselves as a man? Like, it's like, it was so nonsensical to me. But I guess that's just the literature of the time. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Dom, anything that, anything else that you struggled with in it? I I like this fanfic overall. I, I really enjoyed it. The most rough part for me was the belabored retconning to make Cologne an evil parasite. <laughs> The author had to do a lot. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and like they they acknowledged it, and in the fanfic, they they talked through as much of it as they felt they were able to. Uh-huh. Talking about how they implanted different memories to different people, how it was harder to do it for Haposai than it was for other people because Haposai was so strong. Haposai mm-hmm. is a character in the source material who is canonically mm-hmm. supposed to have had specific mm-hmm. memories of Cologne, right? Which in, was mm-hmm. in his youth, and the, the Cologne right, in this right. fic mentions how especially difficult it was to well, manipulate and that, those memories. That she was like Cologne was never the Cologne parasite creature was never truly convinced that Haposai was what was she, she was, was like actually bought into, bought into it, but but also like he didn't care because he was he a, was too much of a lech. He, yeah. he was like an insane, you know, yeah evil old man who like was like whatever yeah makes sense to me because like (laughs) that's all he is in the in the source is the anime and manga he's just like an awful person so right not not his problem yeah Um, and also in the author's note they mentioned a couple other points they couldn't explain away with the clone parasite um, yeah, which is fine. Which I think was fine in order to turn this into a really dark episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, basically so accurate. And which was actually one of my favorite things about it, how they weren't afraid to play with the space to take it into a different genre, and then it didn't. Yeah. 
feel belabored or out of right. place. Yeah, it was like psychological horror and mystery and suspense. Like, and they and they did that very. The author did that very well. Yeah, there are actually a congratulations, lot... Angus McSpawn. McSpawn. <laughs> I won't call you McSpoon. I'm I'm sorry for doing that, but I, I'd love to do it. There are a <laughs> lot of Ron and half fanfics that delve into supernatural horror and like psychological horror and like kind of dark dark adventure type stuff mm-hmm. Lovecraftian themes and stuff and we're going to be reading some of them probably someday um, I think cool. it's a good direction to go because there's kind of room to spin off that way and you don't really want to have the characters just doing their own like yeah. crazy things on a normal I definitely want to see like a Ranma fight some sort of like eldritch horror oh it'll happen like, I think I am so excited about that <laughs> what was your favorite thing about the fanfic Tori you were praising the suspense yes the suspense but like to be honest it was that moment when rama split into two people how like i said they had the e cummings word flow Mm -hmm. the format the formal element of that just the structure just as a formal reading to see the way the words trickled down in two separate columns and how the columns mirrored each other but weren't perfectly the same gave me exactly the idea of what it was like to be in the head of someone sharing two bodies at that point in time and how overwhelming that feels because I felt myself go one column to the other, like, should I read this at the same time? Should I read them one by one? Like, I was back and forth. Should I just read one and, and ignore forth. the other? I, I, I did yeah, no, it was, it was so much, and it was so good to me. I thought that was perfect. Like, formally, I think the author did an excellent job with that. I did have to take a moment to try to decide how I'd handle this when I saw it happen yeah. before I went into <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly, so yeah. So I decided just do one column and then another column. Mm-hmm. I had to keep bouncing back and forth, but then... So I bounced back and forth, and then I read one column and then the other column because I just, I wanted the experience. I don't know. <laughs> I just... I thought that was so perfectly done, though. Like, formally, they really had a grasp on how to make that come true as a vision, mm. so... And I am always going to praise, like, a a good sense of formal structure because I think that's, like, that's not something that, like, you're taught, really, in, like, conventional schooling. Like, that's something I know because I'm an English teacher. Yeah. Just to, you know, drop that reveal. Hey, I'm an English teacher. (laughs) We don't often talk about where's the appropriate place in your writing to split into multiple columns parallel. But it worked so well. (laughs) They did such a good job. Yeah. I was proud. Yeah, I, I think I just enjoyed that this was a, a fun story, well-written. I mm-hmm. overall enjoyed the majority of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Same. I, yeah, I think there's a lot to enjoy. I enjoyed the premise that it was just very different from any other Ron Will and Half fanfic I ever have read or ever will. And when you're reading fanfiction, that's a nice thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. for it to be very distinct with its own voice and its own kind of goals and its own places where it's going... Uh, that no other fanfic is going to take you. Mm-hmm. So well, where's our next fanfic going to take us, Amato? Different mm. places. I didn't exactly plan our first two episodes to be very suspenseful, but next fanfic I intend to be the rather long Evangelion love triangle fanfiction. Oh, dear. Uh, I'm blanking on the name, and I didn't have it written down. The one I love is... Yes. I remember because oh. this was actually one of the few fanfics I read back in the day. I don't remember reading Did it, we but... we have to do this? Well, technically, no. For, <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of variety, 
Yes, but okay. I'll, I'll tell you, I've read the first few chapters already. I'm going to be skimming a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't read any of it already. Ringing endorsements. <laughs> there we go. Well, it's it doesn't seem like it's terrible. It's just like, uh, you know, a love triangle Evangelion fanfic what, like, is, has a lot of selling itself to do to me, let's say. Mm. Yeah, I mean... I'm not sold. No, I'm not sold. I, you know, to be honest, like, all of the sexual and romantic parts of Ava are my least favorite parts. I wish they didn't exist. So, let's see how it goes. Should be a fun I'm time. I'm so excited. I believe we have a hot link. That's not the right word. No. Let me find the <laughs> actual thing here. That's kind of a uh, thing here. old-fashioned We got these hot links for you. <laughs> mm. We'll be getting those hot, hot links. Mm. Uh, where, did, where did you send that? I, I, I can just tell you what it is. But Facebook. More is it fun. just the one I love is? It's um, it's a bit dot ly rfr the one I actually more copy as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> the one I love is I growing up and reading it I just referred to it as Toily. Okay. Using the initials. Okay. T-O-I-L-I. Okay. So it's T-O-I-L-I. bit dot ly slash rfr t-o-i-l-i. Great. The one so, I love is. Have a look at that in mm. advance if you want to know what we are talking about and very possibly complaining about. Possibly read more of it. Oh, I'm complaining. I'm already <laughs> complaining. Oh, I will I will look at at least all of it. I want to I want to see mm-hmm. what it's doing. Even involves Shinji I'm out. Ooh. Um, <laughs> gosh, darn it. It's Why not going I... to be the Maya Ritsuko uh, Misato love triangle fanfic that we actually want. Damn, that is what I want. How did you know? <laughs> I'm probably not going to be able to read this one because I'm going to be really busy writing some, something else. Not, not related to what I just said. Uh-huh. So, this was episode two of Retro Fanfic Retrospective. Autumn and Spring by Angus McSpawn. A Ranma fic. A Ranma fanfic. You can oh, find a copy of it on the author's website, once again, at uh, bit.ly slash rfr autumn and spring. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I've been Dom. We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. And maybe you, I guess, if you're cool. Yeah. (laughs) Until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Retro Fanfic Retrospective. The intro song is The Weekly Fair, off of the album Poppy's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe, from the same album. You can find this album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. Have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode? Send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. Um, I really liked your kind of ass pizza. Maybe I should turn this way, it might be distracting. I still need to check in on her so often, though. Do you know about that, uh, Code Geass? I know of Code Geass. They are sponsored by Pizza Hut. <laughs> really? They, they, it's featured frequently and prominently on the show. But it's like alternate history. Does Pizza Hut still exist? Well, it's like alternate future ish. Okay. Yeah. Alternate pizza. But there's a character that, that loves eating pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Code Geass Ninja Turtles crossover. <laughs>